Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai. Well, it, it wasn't without uh, incident in the lead-up, but in the end, British Champions Day worked out really nicely with some fantastic performances from some top-class animals and all that under the auspices of the British Champion Series and of Great British Racing and the man who is the chief executive of both is Rod Street and has been now for a decade and he's with me now. Uh, Rod, good morning. Good, good morning, good, Nick. We're nearly good afternoon. We have been granted special extension because we've got a sort of packed show today. So Thanks we'll for having me. 15 minutes over, but thank you for coming. What are, what are the main takeaways from yesterday for you? I know you haven't had much time to reflect, but as you were driving home last night what was going through your head uh, a number of things I, I think we had a, a fantastic afternoon's racing which is which is key to it obviously that move to the inner track for the first time that contingency um, you know was a, a, a very important thing and, and we'd had a fairly anxious week with the weather and the build-up but it was great to see on that track that you had two favourites win and a second favourite beating the favourite in by a nose and so I think the, the good horses went through that ground on the inner track. A brilliant attendance, there were 29,500 people there. Um, in terms of paying attendees it was our biggest day since Frankel came in 2012 um, and it looked to me like the race goers and, and a very diverse crowd had a, a brilliant time and the, the feedback all round was really really good so we're really happy. It's a very important event, it's our finale to the flat season promoting the best racing in the world and so yeah I, I think I've yet to see any of the coverage yet as you said mm. but um, the takeout is a positive one. And you are trying to promote this day in alignment with trying to broaden the appeal of the sport so it's slightly different in terms of the way you promote it to some of what else you do in the, in the rest of the year. When you say there was a diverse crowd can you put a figures on that can you actually identify the the, the makeup of the crowd yeah, we certainly know because they, they 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 now count children as they come in ascots we had we had a thousand children there yesterday and we have a fan zone down at one end of the race course with exercises and attractions and everything focused about getting people close to the racing and so we know that we had a really young audience we had 3,000 paying students um, yesterday, and that's a really, really big move. Um, Sheikh Farhad, who's been you know, the enabler with Kipco of this um, amazing day and hugely supported, was a real fan of getting young people involved. His interest sparked off when he was at, I think, the LSE many years ago. So he's always been about getting students there. And he supported us in doing a free offer to students for the first five or six years of the day to get them coming along but felt that at some point we needed to show the confidence in the product that we actually charge for it. It's a discounted ticket, it's a tenner and we moved 3,000 of them and had all the students turn up and I think that was great. We give them racing scarves so they kind of get you know that partisan feel of the day. We offer them tips to sessions and, 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 and we want to get them closer to the racing action. I think it would be failure if we move 3,000 youngsters for a boozy afternoon, we've, we've not really got them any closer to the sport. And what we're giving them, you know, in, by comparison on Champions Day, which is one of the best days racing in the world, arguably, is, is, is a 10-quid ticket to the equivalent of a Premier League match, Liverpool-Man City or mm. something. So that was good. And, of course, it, crucially, lots of racing aficionados, you know, at the very core of this, this is a racing day. And I know that people who love flat racing turn up in big number. And I, I love that we get that mix. And we talked about this before, but I think it's worth revisiting it. Do you ever want to make it a day which is attended by, say, a Royal Ascot-sized crowd, a Royal Ascot Saturday-sized crowd, a 70,000 pumping grandstand? Do you envision it being a bigger deal? 
We'd like to get more people there if the facilities allow it, absolutely. We could never deliver what Ascot deliver in the summer because, um, because of the weather and the time of year. They can open up the course and the centre course yeah. in a very, very different way. But we do have the aspiration that over time, and this was our ninth year and we're already thinking of what 10th anniversary means next yeah. year, is that this day is, 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 has an FA Cup final feel and that, that, that people out there beyond our core racing audience get to know that Champions Day is really, really special and they want to come because it's going to be brilliant racing. The race course is presented in a slightly different way. People always comment about that. You see we have those giant-sized jockey laminates going up the grandstand and, 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 and it, it, it's, it's a slightly funkier promotion than maybe a Royal Ascot were meeting mm-hmm. would be and we have, have licence to do that. So it's, it, it's about people wanting to come to a day that they feel is special. We end with um, an after-party but it's never about the music. It's not a it's not promoted as that kind of event, but we, we always have a really brilliant act at the end, so when they've enjoyed an amazing day of racing, they can come and, and party on as well. So that's, that's the thing, and if you were coming through Waterloo Station over the last month, you'll see that giant yeah. hoarding up, which is Champions Day, the ultimate race day. It's got quite a distinct feel to it, Champions Day, and it's a feel I like, and I think many people do. Is it fair to say that for you it's a blueprint of how you would like most quality race days to feel? Yeah, I think so. And, and notably, um, I think what I talked about us having licence to, to try things on that day because it's a new day. And we, we started, we had that, that arch that the horses come through, mm-hmm. which wasn't easy to get through when we initially discussed that with Ascot because it had not done before. That arch is now used um, by Ascot for the, for the Royal Ascot meetings. And, and again, they saw mm-hmm. something trialled on our day that they could use for a feature day. And we see other race courses indeed around the world they use the pennants that we do that, that introduce the jockeys you see them used in Ireland you see them used in France and so yes I, I think it's an opportunity to try things and see if they can be delivered on other days but I am also respectful that, that all of these other iconic events during the season have their own identity yeah. and so Royal Ascot has a very particular feel which is in th- I think important sure. they protect for their brand and so again I think you just have to mix these things up. I'm more thinking about the vibe that you're trying to create when you say that you're trying to get people closer to the horse, get people close to the stars, get people close to the sport. That's quite a difficult, challenging but ultimately quite fulfilling way of selling the sport. We know there are easier ways of doing it and we know there are easier ways that racecourses have to do it through the summer by piling it high, selling it cheap, putting on the axe, selling lots of booze. Is your vision the vision that you really want for the sport? I'm a real advocate of that, yes, and getting people closer because I think if we move circa 5.8 million people through racing during the year mm. and we don't bring them closer to the action, it's failure on, on our part. And, it, and, and I think we grow that, um, that love of the sport by getting people closer. I'm a, I'm a real believer, incidentally, in it's about us being accessible. I, I hear the word simplified being used sometimes and, and I don't think we need to simplify racing i think that we need to make it accessible and interesting and then people find their own way and level through the sport and some will stay on the edges having a flutter and picking horses because they like the color of the silks and some people will end up being absolutely obsessed with sectional times but we've got to make it accessible so on race days like champions day and champion series races things that we do like meet the racehorse are I think hugely important and we work with Heroes Charity, we have a paddock and a retired racehorse available for the public to see in in a special area and there's often a queue as long for that as there is for the ice cream van during Mm -hmm. those summer race meetings and in an increasingly urbanised society it's important that people can meet horses, that they can go and get autographs of jockeys who are 
a whole lot more accessible than a lot of other sporting stars. And so, yeah, any touch point that gets people closer to racing has to be a good thing. And now more than ever, you want to try and build an authenticity of, of, of a fan base, a fan base who, who, who have repeat business. I remember the first time I ever heard you speak 10, 11 years ago about this, you had done the, the research on how many people are return racegoers. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the number was disappointingly low. Have you made progress on that? Yeah, we have made progress, and racing's retention has improved, and I, I think it's sort of, re, re, on an annual basis, it's, 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 it's gone to, I, I think, 40% from 35%, so more people are coming back um, year on year, which is positive. But the sport's running, had, ra, running hard to stand still at the moment. Yes. We are under pressure, I heard earlier on in the show, you know, references to cricket. There are lots of other sports and leisure operations trying to eat our lunch, um, and so the sport is working you know, having to work incredibly hard to keep people coming in. What is your marketing spend per year? So the Great British Racing marketing spend is about 1.2 million net that we get to promote the sport over the, the whole of the year. Um, and then we can also apply for extra funding from the levy board who can be incredibly supportive. And so we ran a national campaign this year and, and in previous years for uh, attracting under-18s to go racing, the under-18s race free campaign. And we got um, 1.3 million for that. But when you talk to other sports marketeers and practitioners, they kind of roll their eyes and say, are you kidding? In terms of that level of money that we have to invest. Give me a comparison with another sport. Well, cricket's a good example. They've just done a, a major rights deal for their, um, for their 2020, for their test matches, both on, uh, on non-terrestrial and terrestrial platforms. It's the biggest deal that cricket's ever done, reputed to be a, a billion pounds over five years. And that gives cricket a war chest to promote its sport. And they, they are struggling, too, with that younger audience yeah. that may have been... So their promotional war chest is going to be how much with this deal being done? Um, it, it might be half of that. You know, if half of it's going to the clubs and to the players and the like, you know, half of it half might Half a be, billion? Could, could be on, on the product development. And that would be a lot of investment on certain games and the 100, the new, the new series that they're working on. So what the net net would be, I don't know. But, I but know it's, it's going to be more than, than 1.2 million. Absolutely right. Yeah. So there's, you know, that's that's a challenge. And so right. So if you if you need more, you 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 need more than 1.2 million to promote the sport. People tell us yeah. that a lot. Yes. Right. So if you do need 1.2 million, we've got to find a way of getting the money out there to promote the sport better. If we, where are we going to find the money from? If if there's a levy shortfall and the media rights payments aren't quite as robust as perhaps they were a year or two ago because of the closure of the betting shops. Well, sometimes it's a burning bridge that gets gets a bit of activity around this area, yeah. and I think. As we look at the sport and the challenge that we've got, and we see that in terms of attendances, we do we do well. 5.8 million is not to be sniffed at, and in the last 10 years, we've had two of our biggest attendances in in, in racing. But it's plateaued, and as I say, running hard to stand still, and lots of challenge with betting in other areas. I think the sport is minded that if it doesn't invest harder going forward, it's going to have a bigger problem. I, I don't see that there's a cliff edge for racing. I, I'm no. not one of those people that believe in that panicky talk. But you could see a, 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 you know, a gentle decline with us being a little bit less relevant, a little bit less wealthy and, and, and a little bit sadder for it. So I, I think it's about all of those stakeholders coming together and, and helping us achieve what we want to achieve. I sat next to um, Alex Frost, who's been on your show um, at an event on Friday night, and he's, you know, he is really keen that his new operation get behind us and help us promote racing and having a flutter, which is fine. You know, the, the betting bit is very important too. Um, we sense that the levy board remains supportive with the resource it's got. 
race courses um, particularly as well I, I think see the benefit more of us doing central activity and maybe diverting some of their resources to help us and there's so there seems to be a, 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 a at the moment a, a lot of common ground with all the stakeholders to, to do more so but you have to be sort of gradually taking bits from here and bits from there well, there isn't a there isn't a silver bullet no there isn't and, and again I'm respectful of the other challenges we have you know we, we need investment in relation to equine and, and human welfare prize money I think the top tier is fine I've, you know at the tail end of a really important race day yesterday the top tier I think bears scrutiny but the middle and lower tier doesn't so there's challenge we have to be realistic about how much we can get ultimately this is perhaps is the, the most important question of all how is your organization helping the sport in relation to the the massive massive uh, welfare concern that's engulfing it internationally in terms of um, animal rights organizations and the momentum that they've really developed over the last 12 months or so well i think we can do a lot more and um, we have some plans in 220 to actually get onto that the bha has a really important role here and i, I don't think gbr is the organization to stand out the front of the office in High Hoban and talk about a reduction in fatalities at Cheltenham no. over hurdles, for example. I think we have a job to talk about all the positive aspects of sure. welfare. And I have a strong personal view on this, by the way, Nick. So again, it, this, my view might not be everyone's view, but it's a, a view nonetheless. I think we have our aficionados and, and our advocates of the sport that we don't need to worry about too much who, if you like, get it and understand it. And we have our rejectors. And I think we should pay them very little attention because the rejectors of racing do not have our interest at heart. And any effort we, 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 work, we, we spend to, to turn them around will be a waste of time. We're, we're trying to sell pork sausages to vegans. It's, it's not a runner. In the middle, I think, is a much bigger number of people who I would call the undecided or the ambivalent. Who, or the indifferent. Or yeah. the indifferent, who we can tell the story to. And the big opportunity for the sport, for me, is to tell that story about the passion and the love that people have for horses. We're a nation of pet lovers. We have dogs, we have cats, we kind of get what it is to love animals. I think we could do a much, much better job of showing from the breeding world, from the training world, to the post-racing world, um, and everything in between, how much horses mean to people. Um, you know, and, and, you know, this is a very recent thing. If you, and I'll give you two instances, when Roaring Lion was suffering from colic, colic in New, New Zealand, David Redvers made a, 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 an amazing video yeah, talking about fantastic. what colic was and yeah. what the treatment was and what the issues were. And it was pretty raw. You could tell he was in a, you know, a, 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 still in a state of shock in, in dealing with that. But it was so authentic and it showed, you know, how, how people care. Fast forward to, you know, what was the most tragic of ends with, with Roaring Lion to a video that's been released over this weekend with the team talking about what the horse meant to them. Um, you know, there were tears in everyone's eyes, mine, mine included. So what an opportunity we have to talk about how much we love horses and explain in, in relation to things like the... The, the whip and, and how it's used and th that to me is where I think you've got the biggest chance to get people thinking actually you know I get that you know they they, they, they love these animals they care they care for these animals and, and if some of those people head towards the aficionado advocate side that's yeah. fine some will be indifferent some more might become rejectors but that's where our effort should be either end of the spectrum is the wrong place. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.
and Dennis Hogan have rejoined me. It's been a long morning for you both. Thank you very much. Alongside oh, yeah, plenty of cakes. We're, we're <laughs> well, okay. actually, yeah. one or two have actually been eaten this week, which is a, which is a good start. Not by the, the now very trim Rod Street, of course, who uh, walked in here this morning thinking that he was, you know, going to be the, the healthiest person here until you saw Susanna Gill waiting out there for her boss, Alex Frost. Marvellous, yeah. And of course, she ran here. She ran here from wherever she lives. She she ran here. Nobody, she, only, only nine miles. That's oh, a walk in the oh, park. Nobody oh, mentioned me running here. I mean, <laughs> what, what's going on? You've ambled here from about two streets away. <laughs> Anyone wondering why Neil Channing makes more than one appearance a year on this show? Uh, Rob, we were talking earlier on in the in the in the program about racing's exposure and about television exposure. And yes, I was very lucky to be at Ascot working for Racing TV. Sky Sports Racing were there as well. ITV Racing were there as well. And I'm sort of thinking it's great to be here, but is this a is it a sort of sledgehammer to, to crack a nut, or is it good that everyone's got this choice, or do we need to streamline our media efforts? To, to bolster your war chest that you were talking about, what's the most effective way of, uh, of getting the sport the money it needs from, from television? I think it's largely good um, that, that every, everyone's there. I think, I think it's brilliant that, that we're wanted, and I think there is, there is room for, every, for, for everyone, and that works. And it, it wasn't without precedent, because going back a few mm. years, yeah. we, 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 we had, we had um, At The Races and, and Racing UK working together with the, the BBC, BBC yeah. when, we, when we first started. But I, I think... The, the, I'm a real believer in us being on a terrestrial platform, and, and I think ITV, for example, is a mass market broadcaster. It has, it, it reaches an enormous number of people and a very, very broad demographic, and that's the, the, the greatest opportunity to tell a story around the sport. And, and that's been significantly in the news this week. I, I confess to having zero knowledge of this, but obviously I was reading the AP McCoy piece in the in the Mail. He, he was saying. The racing would be crazy to take it off off terrestrial TV. There's obviously a bit of a, a jitter going on at the moment in the sport as to why this deal with ITV hasn't been signed. Um, yeah, there might be, but again, I have to be very cautious what I say because I'm a rights holder here with with Champions Day, yeah. and so part of that process. But I think all the, the sensible conversations are are, are taking place. But I, I'm a believer. I think to be on a, an ITV main platform 40 times a year is is tremendous for the sport, and I think other sports would give their eye teeth to be on it. Cricket is now dealing with issues that, that are, are historic when it came away from terrestrial and lost a number of eyeballs. And yes, they've got a really, really big war chest now. But if enough people aren't watching it and being engaged by it, you know, they have a challenge. So it is a balance that I do and, think. And of course, they parlayed that into putting the hundred back on the BBC. Absolutely. Because they feel that that's really, really important. So, yeah. But I think where there's a, a, an opportunity with ITV to go beyond its racing programme um, is for ITV to bring racing into its other other storylines and other promotions to, to talk about the sport in different ways. And a really good example and a recent one is the remarkable story around Khadija Mella, who, who won the Magnolia Cup at Goodwood um, at, at the end of July. We worked on very that very closely. It was unprecedented publicity that was created for that. When's the documentary Off, coming out? Is it coming out in a couple of weeks? And the documentary's coming out in November. And Ollie Bell came to us with this idea, and he should take much of the credit that, yeah. that, this, this, that, that this exists. But ITV caught on to something really, really interesting here, and are taking that, and it's going out main channel, um, to be confirmed the date, but, but in November, in front of a very d different audience, talking about racing in a different way, talking about diversity, talking about racing having the potential to be really inclusive, and that's the well, kind I see, of Well, I see today she's just been nominated for Sunday Times Young Sportswoman of yes, the Year, which has. is an incredible <laughs> kind of leap of the, uh, of the imagination, but that's a, that's a, a significant story for, for the sport. The question for it's you is, moment for how us. do you then get 
something that's slightly abstracted from what is the the normal warp and weft of the sport and 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 sort of relate it to people as regards what actually happened say yesterday on champions day or at royal ascot or at york or at goodwood or at, or at the july meeting which is the kind of the meat of the of the game if you like it's a big opportunity and we've given a lot of thought to this because the the level of coverage that we had back in july was Sensational. 40% of it was global mm. coverage. But it could very easily just end up being a really, really good PR story that we forget about. Yeah. Because of this documentary coming out, we're working on having, if you like, a landing page for the sport ready to go in, 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 in a few weeks' time to show people around the sport who are interested in this documentary how they can get involved, how they can get involved at British Racing School and, and, and the now, I think it's the, uh, the, the National Horse Racing College, yeah. which was formerly the, the Northern Racing College, how they can go racing, careers in racing, because I think we are opening a window to a, a broader and more diverse audience and we've really got to grab hold of that opportunity. That's the key, isn't it? It it's is. It's all very well having the documentary, it being successful, it can win awards, and it was a great story in and of itself, but it's a question of how you relativise it to the actual business of the day-to-day -day sport and create fans out of it. Hugely, and I think we have to accept that at the moment we don't look particularly inclusive, and I think that we are as a sport, and there are lots of examples we can show where we're inclusive, but mm. our, our audience, and if you, look at, if you look at the crowd at Champions Day yesterday, or at Ascot, or at Epsom, or wherever looks largely white and quite middle class. Mm. And I think something happens with that that's self-perpetuating because anyone else looking in at racing thinks, oh, that, that doesn't look like it's for us because we can't see ourselves in that. And so moments that we've had with, with Khadija and with her fan club who came from Ebony and Brixton to Goodwood and who had the greatest of days. Incidentally, she met the Queen yesterday, so she really had a... Fantastic. She's having a great, a great year. It, it gives us a chance to, to show people that we, we are welcoming and, and we've, we've, we've got to change what we look like. So this is, uh, this is a big moment for us, I think, this, this whole story. And it's assumed, Dennis, that everybody in Ireland has, uh, has grown up on a pony, but it's not the case, is it? You, know, you, no. you face many of the same challenges that, that are faced by, by people in the, in the UK. And you, and yeah. would, would you have got where you'd got without Charlie Swan's uh, riding school? No, I wouldn't have had. I was just saying, um, I don't come from a racing background. Um, was brought racing to Galway as a kid. Loved it. It was a yearly, nearly annual drive. Um, and from there, my sister got a pony, and I got into it. And Charlie opened the riding school next door, and he was champion jockey at the time, and it latched on, and then I wanted to be champion jockey. And um, I suppose it's the dream for... Mm. But, yeah, I do think it would be great if... Um, the same in Ireland. It's, no one wants to go racing and see an empty race course. Um, but I think if more kids were brought racing, um, that they have the chance, it's an opportunity for them to get involved. The racing schools are brilliant. Um, I think they could do more just to get the younger generation involved. If they're not, if they're not involved, then in the future, where's racing going? You know. But I think I think they if they just push push with youngsters a bit more to get them racing. Um, some of the race courses are doing good work now to to get them there. Who would be the be Who would be the most sort of forward-looking race course in Ireland? Do you think when you go there, who who do you think of um, smart went, and upscale? And I suppose Leperstown. I went to Leperstown last year on uh, the morning of racing to do just a talk with. They brought some schools in, and I thought it was going to be like um, maybe one class from a school. <laughs> it was like I think there was a couple of hundred kids there from all different schools around Dublin. It was great. There was about they went through like 
eight or ten stages of different parts of the race course, trainers, jockeys, clerk of the course. Uh, they got a tour of different areas and they were explained about racing. And it's quite interesting. There was a lot of kids asked a lot of questions and it was good to see. Um, but they need to keep pushing that to get them forward. And um, It's just in, in Ireland, for some reason, uh, tracks in the west of Ireland in the mm-hmm. summer it's actually low grade racing but it's a buzz to actually ride or train there Ballinrobe Kilbegan um, Galway as you know um, all the western tracks and Listowel they seem to get big crowds and there's a good atmosphere there whereas some better racing in the east or the Midlands in, in grade one tracks you get there and there's like steady crowd and, and it's, there's not much mm. of an atmosphere but while there's good racing um, just seems to be a divide in wh- how come the smaller tracks can get the crowds in but the bigger tracks for the better racing can't fit, get a get a good good crowd you know it's a, and it's again it's talking it's that authentic fan base isn't it and that sense of community that builds yeah. around yeah. builds around a good race a good race day yeah very much so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. intrigued to think well, I made an immediate assumption chatting to this guy that he's he felt like he sounded like he's been in racing all his life and I know. He came he came from a different place which is we should never assume should we well yeah. that, well this is it you know and, and exactly it's just just show you, like if 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 um if kids were given the opportunity that it's it's actually you can you can make a, a livelihood out of this if you want, and let's just like if they were brought there, they have the opportunity to to get involved in the racing school and push on to wherever they want in the game, you know. And that's why, probably, you've always been a bit unconventional. You took out a trainer's license when you how oh, were you about twenty or uh, twenty one? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> you've been training for ten years. He's <laughs> he rides rides and trains half of his own horses, flat horses, yeah, yeah. jumps yeah. horses. Yeah, you, you've done things a bit differently. Which yeah, sometimes yeah, you been, have to, to to create an impression. You have to do that. It's true. Yeah, it's been it's been different. All right, when I was, I think I was I wasn't doing too bad at the riding when I was taking out a permit to train, and a lot of people were asking me, why uh, why are you doing that? Why do you want that hassle? <laughs> it's like actually deep down I liked it. Like so, and it was it was like something I was doing on the side, and it was going okay. And, and a lot of people were like, God, what's he doing? <laughs> the trainer's license, but. I wanted to push on with it, and but equally loved riding, and I still am riding, but I don't know for obviously how much longer. But um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 different. I suppose my situation is different, um, but the opportunities were there for me, and it was you know it was, it was good to have them. Let me ask you this: as a as a rider, um, does it make you empathise more with people who are riding your horses, or more critical of them? No, I empathise more, I would say. Um, I'd like to think I'm very easy to ride for. A lot of lads mightn't say that, but um, no, to be fair, um, I don't give a pile of instructions. If a guy knows a horse, jockey knows a horse and has ridden it before, he shouldn't have to give him instructions, really. Um, like, no jockey sets out to give a horse a bad ride. Um, if if he's if he knows the horse, you shouldn't have to tell him much. and um, Things can go... Most often, things more than not they go, they don't go to plan. So mm. it's the good jockeys come of age when they have to go to plan B. That's that's when you see the best of a jockey when he can use his head to say, right, they're going too fast here. I need to drop in, or do you know what? This is getting a freebie in front. Don't let him go. That's the difference in a in a good jockey and a moderate jockey. And that's exactly what you were saying about Ashid Murphy earlier. Yeah, exactly. Or Donica, any of them guys, that's yeah. why they are where they are. They're, they have the tactical brain to make them decisions that can't be made from the stand. And for you, I mean, I, we talked about him too much already, but uh, 
on, on this program, but Ashley Murphy's been a bit of a boon for British Champion Series. Yeah, You've been talking really. a lot about how to engage jockeys and some of the younger trainers and people within the sport to not just to, to promote it, but just to share their enthusiasm for it. Yeah, I mean, he's one of our ambassadors, so it's a super yeah. boon that he's, he, he's champion jockey. But that, that, that word, that authenticity thing is, is really important, and he is. He's, he is authentic. One day, I hope not yet, Frankie's going to disappear and go and do other things, and he is um, a huge, huge asset for, for this sport. But we have to be developing mm. our, our other practitioners, our other jockeys and, and, and our, our stars. And Rasheen just comes across so well. I love the thing he did. It was out on social media at the weekend in a school when he, you know, some racing mad headmaster gets him into talking in the classroom yeah, to people. Yeah, was mentioning it earlier, um, yeah. Which is, which is sensational. And, and, but, the, the, you know, again, you know I'm one of racing's great enthusiasts. Anyway, I just think we have a great story to tell. I think we are much more accessible than we think. If you compare us to other sports, you can't get close to a lot of the, the stars. You go to a football match, you won't get to mm. meet or see the players. You go to Formula One, yeah. you'll be a million miles from the paddock. So that's all the time. Um, you, you can cross the high street going into a race course with all of our leading lights. And so getting them involved with people and developing their personalities is, is great. And I, and I do think the younger generation are getting better at that be beyond beyond a sheen whether you're talking about the um the, the brian ears or the, the jason watsons and, and many more are really really savvy about how they conduct themselves how they can do better commercial oh, deals for themselves absolutely yeah, the apprentices now and, and and conditionals are absolutely brilliant i mean lydia hislop who, who our colleague puts in so much hard work at the british racing school coaching the 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 young jockeys she's she's fantastic it was there was a, there was a moment a few years ago and it felt like you know a, a small moment but an important moment when Tom Marquand um, won um, uh, the, the Apprentice title and called us to say, how do you want me to dress on the day when I get oh, this? What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, Is there anything great. I should be thinking of? And it's, wow, when, when Racing are. for Change came around 10 years ago, that wasn't the vibe we were getting off some of we the more. definitely moving in the right direction. Sadly, the, this programme has moved to the end, but Neil, uh, Dennis, Rod, thank you very much indeed. It, it would be remiss of me not... Uh, to urge you to raise a glass today to the brilliant, brilliant career of, uh, of Wicklow Brave, whose life sadly ended in America uh, last night. We will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai.